Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast. I'm Ashley, your host and the creator of Budgets Made Easy. I help midlife women manage the next stage of their financial lives without all the guilt, overwhelm, and shame surrounding their past money mistakes. My journey toward money and time freedom started after we paid off $45,000 in debt in just 17 months. If you are looking for a judgment-free community where you can connect and grow with other women going through the same financial struggles as you, this is the place for you. Buckle up as we jump on the drive to money freedom so you can enjoy this season of life without stressing about money in retirement and how to just get it all done. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Mindset Podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Andy Hill with Marriage, Kids, and Money, and he has actually been on the podcast before, number 20. Three. So he has been an OG of the podcast, and he is a award-winning blogger and podcaster behind Marriage, Kids, and Money, which is dedicated to helping young families build wealth and thrive. And in his previous episode, he shared um, how he's teaching his kids about money after paying off $50,000 in 12 months. So definitely go check out that episode as well after you listen to this one, because today we're going to talk about why parents should put their own financial oxygen max on before helping their children um, in with their finances, right? Why they need their financial situation and saving for retirement is um, actually more important and should be a higher priority. And so we're going to dive into that. But if you are new around here, or maybe you're just still trying to figure out your finances and you're like, Ashley, I can't help myself right now. I can't help my kids. Like I, I don't know where to even start. Go grab your budget starter kit. It's free at budgetsmadeeasy.com slash start. Um, definitely work on getting your own finances together, but it is important to put yourself as a priority for many different reasons that we're going to discuss in this episode. So I will see you on the flip side. Hi, Andy. It's so good to have you back on the Money Mindset Podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. And I'm very grateful to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's actually been a while. I didn't realize that it had been so long. I went back to look and you were number 23. Like that was such a long time ago. And this episode is going to be 181. Congratulations, Ashley. That's awesome. (laughs) That's a very big accomplishment. Most people don't make it past like 50 episodes. So way to go. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm like, I was like going through and like, wow, it has been a while since we chatted. And your previous episode was um, how you were teaching your kids about money after paying off $50,000 in 12 months. So we're going to kind of build upon that as well, because We want to talk about the main reasons that parents need to put their own financial oxygen mask on first, because as Mm -hmm. you know, you have kids yourself um, and it's so hard to one tell your kids no, but also feel like you need to help them and help bail them out, especially as they get older um, and their needs, they have bigger needs, right? Because when they're smaller and, you know, they may just want a toy, like you can just say no, but as they get older, especially once they move out or they're getting ready to go to college, it feels like the things that they need 
has bigger weight to it, I guess you could say. So, um, you know, a lot of my audience does struggle with helping their uh, older children and even ones that have already moved out and helping their grandkids and that type of thing. Um, so what do you, what is your opinion? Like, why is it important to focus on our own um, financial situation first? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, and it's not just uh, you and I, I think a lot of parents struggle with this. It's one of those things as we're raising our small children, they need us, especially early on. It's like, they need us to survive. You know, yeah. they need us to, to live, breathe, eat. And then as they get older, they progressively learn to become more independent. But that also is contingent on us allowing them to become more independent mm, because true. it is our instinct, I feel like, as parents yes. to just make sure they never have any pain or worry or anything like that because pain and worry stinks, right? So what yeah. are we going to do to make, make it uh, go away? But really... I feel like our job as parents is to create knowledgeable, independent kids. And so if we're progressively taking micro steps from baby to, you know, a grown adult out, you know, out of the house to foster that independence in them, I feel like we're giving them the ability to launch and become their own individual so that they can thrive whether it's financial independence or personal independence, or just, I guess, a personal sense of accomplishment in their lives. Because if we continue to do everything for them, they're never going to get that independence. So I feel like as a parent, both you and I can say, I get it because we feel that instinct of wanting just to give them everything mm -hmm. that they need. But really what, what they need, and we all know down the road is, the knowledge and skills to become independent on their own. Absolutely. And I have found as my kids have gotten older too, because I was really bad about this, like just doing things for them because it was easier, you know, than trying to like get them to do it. And sometimes it's just easier, but I have found as I've seen them progress that it really hinders their confidence. And so making them figure it out, making them make a decision, making them uh, make these decisions, you know, with guidance, of course, but like they need to take the action has really helped build their confidence. And I think that's overlooked a lot when we're like bailing out our children all the time. And I do think it's harder as they get older to like kind of start it now, but it's not impossible, right? Like if your kid is already older, do you have any maybe some tips or advice on how to kind of have that conversation and bridge that, especially when you have been supporting them or, um, you know, giving them a lot of their needs as they're getting older. And you kind of want to make this shift to make your, your own financial situation a priority. So you can retire. So you can stress yeah. less about payday and all of those things. You do kind of have to put up some boundaries with that. Do you have any tips or advice? Absolutely. Yeah. I would think that if you haven't done much to supply that independence or actually put the the ability to have money in their hands or things like that, where they're starting to learn from it, it's going to be hard to just rip the bandaid and say, all right, 11 year old or, or 21 year old, you're on your own. Go for it. Like the, 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 the jolt will be quite apparent both for you as well as that 
that kid or, or young adult. So I think taking some micro steps to get there and making that apparent throughout the process saying, okay, you know, you guys haven't been doing chores at the house ever, <laughs> but we're going to start that right now. And we're going to be making some small steps to get there, you know, so that might start with, Hey, here are some things that we do to contribute as a family member. Here are family chores that just things that you need to be doing as a contributing member of the family. And there's also going to be some things that I'm going to give you money for at the house that will help you gain some more independence. And with that money, you can spend it on stuff that makes you excited. You can save a little bit, you can invest a little bit, and you can give a little bit. That way we can have those conversations on those important areas. Now, that's going to sound like a, a bummer of a conversation probably for a 12-year-old that's never done any chores before, but I think kids... And it's been proven by scientists uh, and, and the CDC that kids crave structure. They really do. So if you start to set up some structure, things that they're able to understand as the norm within your household, then they'll start to get used to it. Man, are they going to gripe in the beginning, of course. But over time, not only is this going to make your child more independent and happier down the road, but it's going to make you a lot happier as a parent. Talk, think about having some able-bodied individuals to help you with the load of your day. This is chores. This is, you know, getting things done around the house that just make life easier. That's what you're getting and, and gaining by working with your kids to become more independent and helping around the house. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm curious because you mentioned some paying for some chores. So is that there's family things that they just mm -hmm. need to do and not get paid for? And then there's paid things for them to do. Yeah. I believe that as being a part of an individual household, whether you're a four-year-old or a 24-year-old, everybody should contribute to making the house go. You know, I mean, there's th certain things that, uh, especially things that are personal to them within that area. Now, depending on the age, obviously that, that varies widely, but as they get older and more independent, they should be taking care of all their stuff at a minimum for, for the family chores, whether that is picking up their toys when they're young or doing their own laundry as they're like preteens or teens uh, to taking care of their car. If they own it, this should not be a chore. This should not be a paid chore to clean their own car. Do you know what I mean? Like as you, yes. as you progress and you own these things, you need to own them individually. And, you know, as being part of the family, you can inc increase those chore responsibilities as well. That's, you know, setting the table when they're young, that's, uh, you know, taking out the garbage and at, when they're a little older, that's completely doing all of their personal responsibilities as their teens. But then yes, having other things that they get paid for above and beyond what we do to make the family household run, they could get paid for. And the, there's a lot of bonuses to getting money in their hands because they start to feel a little bit of independence. They mm -hmm. start to feel a little bit like, oh, this is my money. I'm going to spend it on however I want. Like for me, I cringe every time my daughter wants to buy more Roblox Robux. That's but, what I'd buy too. <laughs> but she loves it. So I'm like, hey, Andy, don't, don't, don't knock it, dude, because this is how she's going to be motivated to want to do those money chores because mm -hmm. she gets something that she likes. And then really at the end of the day, it's a, it's a video game, whatever, you know, let her have some fun. Um, but with parts of that money, need to be having conversations about investing, saving, and giving as well. 
Yeah. I love that. That's what we do in our household as well. It's like, they don't have, um, like they don't have a chore list and things like that, but they know they rotate what, like they take turns feeding the dogs, taking out the trash, like all that. And I'm not paying you for that. Like you, you, you live here, you can help clean the house. Right. Uh, but then when they want something, they're like, well, what extra can I do to earn some Roblox (laughs) or or whatever? So yes, that's, that's, basically what we do as well. And it works really well because when they want something, man, they'll, they'll do all kinds of stuff that get like a dollar. And I'm like, you want to do all that for a dollar? Sure. <laughs> exactly. I would have paid think, you more, think, but no. <laughs> but think about the parent then that isn't doing things like that, that is doing all of that stuff. Yes. And how much of their, how empty is their cup? Do you know what I mean? Like whether it's energy (laughs) or finances or I don't just will to go through the day. Like if you're doing everything you have no, and you're giving everything, you have no, nothing left in your cup to be a happy individual, to be a joyous individual, to, to want to give more. You want to, you, you need more in your life. So I feel like as we're talking about that, putting on your own oxygen mask first, that could be both financially as well as just emotionally and personally, making sure everybody's contributing is a big deal for, for your general wealth and happiness as a family. Yes, absolutely. Because I, I feel like, especially as women, I at least see it in, in our household. Um, I don't know about yours. <laughs> yours is probably different. Um, but you know, as the stay at home mom, I'm also running a business, but since yes. I'm at home, I'm the primary caretaker, the primary cleaner, the house, like I keep track of everything. And th- it's hard to maintain that sanity when you're trying to do it all on your own. It's like, okay, you know what? You need to have some responsibility here as well. And so, you know, like you said, we've taken little steps as they've gotten older, like making sure their agenda is signed for school. Like that's their responsibility. They've got to put their ice pack and their lunchbox up when they get home. And like, so yeah, that has helped a lot as they've gotten older, like to share the responsibilities in the house. Cause yeah. I can only do so much. <laughs> Absolutely. And especially as they get to be 12, I think you mentioned uh, earlier on the show that they, they, they're getting to that point where their, their physical strength is a little bit more, they have more, you know, control of their movement and dexterity. Like they can, they can help a lot. You oh know? yeah, they can. My 12 year old is strong. Yeah. She, they apparently were doing like arm wrestling at school last year and she beat like, oh, I think like almost all of the the boys even. I love it. <laughs> She's stronger than me. So like I'm having her carry in the 50 bag pound of dog food and yeah. stuff. Like you go get you go get that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, our kids are capable of more than uh we probably think they are and can do a lot more than we realize as most of the time. I mean not obviously yeah. um you know your child best but um I feel like they've surprised me at times. Like I didn't think <laughs> they could do something like oh okay well there you go. That's your job now. <laughs> I love it. So um, as we're talking about this, uh, it comes up a lot. Um, which should be a priority, retirement savings or college savings? Mm. What is your opinion on that? Because we might have to choose one, especially like in my situation, I have three kids and it's hard to save for college for all three of them. Yeah, I hear that, Ashley. Yeah, we've got two kids too. I remember meeting with uh, a financial advisor right when my daughter was born. And he's like, based on these projections, it looks like you're going to need $225,000 for your daughter to go to Michigan State University for four years. That's where you went, right, Andy? Yes, yes, that's where I went. 
$225,000. And I'm like, at the time I was making a lot of money and I was in this go-getter attitude and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll do it. Let's do it. Let's do the projections. And so that'll be 500 bucks a month or 700 bucks a month mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And then we'll eventually get there. Then over time, the reality of just life hit me. And I'm like, this is physically very, very difficult. Uh, obviously it's important to put away money for college, but the sheer cost of trying to provide a full debt-free college future for my children, it's not it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna no. happen. <laughs> and I feel like I've done pretty well by my earnings uh, between me and my wife over the past 10 years. But it is just not physically possible for us to do it. Now, it's not saying it's not physically possible for everybody to do it, but I think there's some advantages to not doing all of it uh, because, first of all, if we're sacrificing our retirement future for our kids' ability to go to college, I think there's a lot of problems that can come along with that. First of all, because there are a lot of options for kids when it comes to school in the future. There is... Uh, student loans. No, they're not that great, but whatever. They, they can get you through school and you can eventually pay them off. There's scholarships. There is working in high school. There's working in college. There is grants. There are AP courses. There are CLEP courses. There's ways to get through college that'll make it happen. Retirement, not so much. There are no retirement loans. There's nobody there to provide you more money when you say, hey, I don't have enough money between Social Security and uh, and and I don't really want to work anymore. So can I have some more money? No, there's no, nobody's going to give it to you, especially the way our, our, our government debt is building up right now. The more incentives are going to be less, I feel like, in the future. So we have to take care of ourselves. We need to make sure that our own financial oxygen masks are put on first before we help our kids. And that includes college, in my opinion. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it in terms of resources available for the two different groups, college students versus retired. That's a really good point. And and one thing that I will add to that is if you take on student debt for your child, they will Mm. take your social security as well. Like it doesn't just because you retire doesn't mean it goes away. And so that's even a bigger risk as well to your retirement. So I'm glad that you pointed that out because I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, that's happening right now too with with uh, student loans coming back into uh, uh, resuming payments. Some parents are getting hit because they had those Parent Plus loans, and maybe they're in maybe they're in retirement right now, and their Social Security is getting garnished. Like, I mean, it's not happening right away. I know there's a there's a grace period for that, but eventually, that's what's going to start to happen if these payments don't come through, and it becomes your responsibility. Also, there's a little bit of probably emotional family drama of like, okay, you took out the Parent Plus loan. Um, but it was for the benefit of the child. And so the child's like, well, do I have to pay it back? Or does my mom have to pay it back? Or does my mm-hmm. dad have to pay it back? And then there's this weird conversation that needs to happen 10, 20 years down the road of like, oh man, this thing still isn't paid off. Talk about family drama. So I, I, I'm not a very big fan of Parent Plus loans. Uh, obviously you got to do what you got to do, but it it can cause a lot of trouble down the road. Yeah. And they're like the worst interest rate. They're just the worst type of student loan. (laughs) And then the parent gets stuck with it. So yeah, I'm not a fan, but I do understand um, why people make that choice. So no judgment, just kind of know your options, know the risks involved before you make that decision. So Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else that maybe I haven't asked you that you feel is important for uh, the people listening to hear about why they should prioritize their own financial situation over helping their children. 
Absolutely. I think we've just come through a couple of years of really tough economic times too. We've had some record high inflation that is making things very difficult for people to just get by. So when we're looking at those numbers in our budget where we're saying, oh my gosh, can groceries go? (laughs) How can groceries keep going up? Like we need to start making some decisions that are for our, our personal betterment because our kids have a, a resource that a lot of us don't have is they have got a lot more time. They've got a lot more time on their side True. to build wealth, to take care of their future, to do the things they need to do to create the life that they have. So whether that's investing or earning their own money or choosing career paths that that work best for them, they've got time on their side. We're a little older. We, we don't have as much time, maybe not as much energy either yeah. to <laughs> make all these things happen. So we're going to have to make some decisions that are really best for our personal future. Now, <laughs> take care of your kids, obviously, make sure that they're fed and they've got all the needs that they've got in their lives. But college at 100,000, 200,000, that's a luxury in the future. So providing our kids a full luxury experience is not a requirement. Community college is an option. You know, there are different ways to slice this cake. They can fill out a bunch of scholarships on a scholarship Sunday that you plan for them. You say, hey, let's fill out a bunch of scholarships together. Let's do this. We're going to earn some money. They can work in high school. They can do the AP courses, the CLEP exams. There's ways to make college cheaper, less expensive. It doesn't need to be this. I've got to pay for four years at a premier university idea. It's a, not a requirement. And I know we feel like that as parents that we want to provide our kids the best future possible, but maybe providing them a little bit independence and some reality of life could be the best thing for their future as they step into their adulthood. Yeah, absolutely. And college isn't for everyone. So, you know, it's, uh, and I think that this hard push, I feel like since at least when I was in high school in the nineties, uh, in early two thousands, it was like, no, not that many people had degrees. So it was like pushed, go to college, go to college, go to college. Well, now we don't have as many, uh, trades people doing trades. So now they're making all the money. So (laughs) it's kind of funny how it's shifted. (laughs) Yeah. And, and if your child or you decide that a, a, a trade option is better or, um, you know, vocational school, the beauty about 529s is that you can use those for those as well, too. So if you if you decide to make a, a pivot away from the typical, you know, four year university thing, you could go to, you know, a trade school and utilize that 529. For example, my wife made a, a life changing decision where she's like, I'm done with this, you know, marketing advertising world that I've been doing for 15, 20 years. I want to be an esthetician. I want to go back to beauty school and learn how to do facials and acid peels and all the stuff that they're doing, on, on, you know, for, for ladies uh, as an esthetician. So she actually utilized some of our daughter's 529 because we had built up some money in, in that 529 and she was able to use that to pay for her uh, trade school. So um, there, it has a lot of flex- flexibility, but yes, I think we need to look with a, a myriad of options when it comes to our our future and our education for our children and realizing there's not one specific path that they all need to take. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, what resources do you have available to um, really help teach our kids about money? Because I know that's kind of your focus is uh, yeah. marriage, kids and money, right? You so, know <laughs> uh, you know, what resources for us parents do you have to kind of help 
teach our children about money and prepare them for the real world so that we don't have to make those decisions uh, and decide between retirement and our kids. Absolutely. Well, I have a new course that I just came out with called Make My Kid a Millionaire, and it's uh, focused on building generational wealth and happiness for our kids. And of course, the first module within that course is to put your own financial oxygen mask on first, because before we make our kids millionaires, we want to be millionaires first, right? Of course, we want to make, and with that, you know, that word millionaire, obviously you're coming away with wealth and happiness in, in a good fashion. So if people are interested in checking that out, they can check out a free section of the course uh, that is uh, called the 6040 generational wealth plan that allows people to learn my methodology on how to break down this generational wealth. And you can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Ashley P, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Ashley P. And you can try that free section of the course. And then if you're interested, you can um, get $50 off by being a listener of Ashley's show. So oh, marriagekidsandmoney.com well, slash Ashley P. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that resource with us. When I saw you were making this course, I was like, yes, we need this course. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, come talk about it. Um, now I do always ask my guests at the end, uh, if you have a book to recommend, and I don't know if you have any uh, to recommend based on this topic, it doesn't have to be, um, but do you have any books that you really like that nonfiction? Yeah. Nonfiction yeah, book. nonfiction book that's more <laughs> more philosophical around this topic as opposed to like prescriptive is a book uh, by Bill Perkins called Die With Zero. Um, it, it is a conversation around how we need to utilize our money and uh, yes, build wealth, but not in excess uh, to having, you know, whatever millions or, or you know, multi-millions by, by the time we die and then leaving our kids an inheritance. I, I believe through, through this philosophy of the book, which, which I really enjoy, is that the money that we have should be utilized for our lives while we're here on earth. And if we do have money to give to our kids when we pass away, why not impact them while they're here? Why not impact them? Why not do that vacation with them when you're 60 and they're 30 or 40 with their kids, as opposed to leaving them the money later on, or, or if they're looking, if they're struggling so hard to buy their house, when we're, when we're older and they're, they have a family, why not, why not bless them now, as opposed to waiting until you pass away to have it be some sort of uh, gift. So I, I really enjoy the book. It's got a lot of philosophies on utilizing our money now and here, in, here in the here and now. Uh, yeah. And it's called uh, die with zero by, by Bill Perkins. Awesome. I've heard of yeah. it, but I haven't yeah. checked it out yet. I wasn't yeah. even sure kind of like what the philosophy was going to be with it. Yeah. Uh, so now hearing you explain, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe I should move that up my reading list. I have. It's great. It's so a great book. I really, read. really like it. Yeah. I really, really <laughs> recommend it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, where can people uh, follow up with you if they'd like to learn more about this topic? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So outside of the free resource, again, you can get that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Ashley P. You can listen to my podcast. Uh, it's called Marriage, Kids, and Money. Uh, and that's a great place to connect with me. Yeah, Marriage, Kids, and Money. Awesome. Thanks for, so much for coming on to the podcast again. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you for having me, Ashley. Be sure to go check out Andy's course if you want to learn more about teaching your kids about money and prioritizing uh, your retirement and your future so that you can better help your children as well. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please leave a review, a rate and review, and make sure you are following along on your favorite podcast player app. And I will talk to you soon.